Here at the NH Sports Page podcast studios where Dave and I have been ranting for five minutes already before starting the podcast. Try, I just try, looked at you and said, get the mics on. Trying to rein in this wild stallion Dave Haley over here is an impossible task. You people don't know what I go through trying to get him centered. But My, uh, my college football team's headed towards the military bowl sometime in early <laughs> December, so i got to find something to get yeah. me fired up. I might be in Long Island when you try to get me to go to TJ's to watch that. Don't worry. We'll, we'll be able to watch Boise State in an after New Year's bowl. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> So anyway, uh, we're here. We've, we're we're both fired up because the power polls are out, of which Dave is a voter. He's a big sellout. We have to mention that every week. He, he hangs out with those guys and week to week. I ninety three. They get together and they decide to screw over teams. And this week it was Portrait that got the uh, the 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 shaft in the power poll, ranked below Exeter, who they just beat with their backup quarterback. On the road! <laughs> but no, 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 no. Exeter, well, if they play it again, maybe. No, 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 no. You don't get another shot. The Super Bowl's not two out of three, Dave Haley. And Pete Paterrier, my dear, beloved friend and colleague, valuable member to the NHL Sports Page yes. family, irreplaceable, some would say, doesn't have him in his top ten! No. I, but I, has Exeter! You know, this is the rare instance. Normally when I go on a rant about Power Pole stuff, sometimes it's about Pete in his Power Pole. Most of the time it's about everybody else in the Power Pole. But this time it's two of our buddies. Uh, reading Joe Marcellina's site, he didn't have portraits in his top ten. How is that possible? So, so just for full disclosure, I tweet out... Yep. Every weekend or Monday, whatever, my top 10, I had Portsmouth 6, mm-hmm. Exeter 7. How they ended up in the poll is somehow Exeter 6, Portsmouth 7. Again, Portsmouth quarterback, Cody Graham, all-state level, terrific player, did not play in the didn't game. Didn't play. The game was played in Bill Ball Stadium. Christian Pete played his first ever game at quarterback, and the Portsmouth defense, which I wrote a lot about in the Thursday column that's coming out. I talked to mm-hmm. Coach Pafford today naming the kids who have really stepped up. They held them to 14 points and beat them. Like, clearly beat them. This wasn't Exeter. It wasn't a fluke. It, it wasn't Exeter fumbled seven times. Right. They they missed four field goals. They were going in for a touchdown and accidentally kicked the ball out of bounds. Sure. They beat them straight up, led the whole way. He beats me. Straight up. How do you pay that man his money? Pay that man. <laughs> I pay him his money. I can't do the rush. I'm Irish. How do you possibly rank Exeter ahead of Portsmouth? So, How and explain it to me. So, and oh, wait, wait. I want to say one more thing. I'm go ahead. Pete says, now I'm not going to beat on Pete too much because he's not here. Yeah, unfortunately, I go away this weekend up north, so I'm not going to be doing the show this weekend. Joe Marcel. I'll scream at him. No, I'll th- I can scream at the both of them. He <laughs> says in his column, which you should go read every week, he does a terrific job saying, yes. laying out his ballot. And, 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 to Pete and I's credit, we put our ballot out there. You know, Joe Marcelino does as well. He says he just thinks Nashua North is better. Now, why don't we go down who Portsmouth's beaten, who Nashua North is beaten? Let's take a look. Okay, well, uh, so here's... We're going to do something weird here and, and base this in fact that, and results. That has no place in your sacred power poll facts. But let's look at Nashua North's wins and losses. Uh, they beat Alvern. Who Portsmouth beat? Uh, they beat Keene. Who Portsmouth beat? Lost it over. Who Portsmouth lost to? Okay. Uh, they beat Nashua South. Uh, I don't think Dover. Uh, so, who is a 500 level team? And Portsmouth will play them. Yeah, Portsmouth the, will play them. They're in the Nashua Triad, and they beat Winnicott. Who Portsmouth beat? So, so their best win is Nashua South, and Portsmouth's best win is Exeter, Exeter who's ranked above Nashua number, South, who's number three in the power poll last week. Number three in the power poll last week. Yeah, Exeter. Mm-hmm. That's their win, and somehow Portsmouth is, and two people don't have them in their top ten. So Portsmouth beat uh, Exeter and Nashua North beat Nashua South. Is Nashua South in the power poll this week? 
And, and just That's take the a, question. Take a step back. Last year, Justin and I, my girlfriend at the time, was listening in her car at the end of the show when you and I were yelling at <laughs> poor Peep Terrier, the sweetest guy in the world. To, to be fair, we yell at everybody. We do. We yell Especially at everybody. We yell at each other. other. Yeah. And we're doing it right now. And she even said, like, wow, you guys are pretty brutal to him. And the reason was is that he had Pankerton ranked ahead of Timberlane week, with the same record the week after Timberlane had beaten Pinkerton. The power pole, he said, I just think they're better. The Power Bowl does this constantly. There was a year where uh, Exeter lost to Winnicunit, and Exeter was ranked above Winnicunit yeah. the next week. Well, if they play it again, no, 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 you only get one shot. Here's, here's my argument. If you're not going to take facts and results into it, and you're just basically going to say, I just think they're better, you're basically ranking colors. I like yellow. <laughs> I think orange is second. I think green is third. Well, I, no, no, no. I think green is... I don't think Ralph's not, the best You're Muppet. just saying what yeah. you like. That's like me saying, you know, Goodfellas is better than, uh, you know, whatever. Name another movie. Sure. And then you say, no, no. There's no basis. Like with sports, it's wonderful. They have that thing. It's it's got electricity flowing through it. What's and that it called? Changes. It's called a scoreboard. Oh! And at the end of the game, somebody wins and somebody loses. It is utterly ridiculous. I just like lights. I, I, utterly <laughs> ridiculous to rank Exeter over Portsmouth. Yes. And again, this game was in Exeter. Again, we already laid it out. It wasn't a fluke. They beat them. Yeah. Okay? With their backup Quarterback. It wasn't like Kyle Ball didn't play. Right. Camp Flanagan didn't play. And Bill Ball, you know, Bill Ball only had 128 guys. <laughs> they beat him. Yes. And, and you know what? It's irrelevant if Exeter ends up better at the end of the season. It's sure. irrelevant. That's not the point. When you're voting, you have to go off of what happened. So basically, it's like, you know, when if, if Notre Dame plays Florida State one year, they're undefeated, and Notre Dame beat them. You're like, well, I think Florida State would win if they played again. So I'm going to put 9-1 Florida State ahead of 10-0 Notre Dame, even though Notre Dame just beat them. It doesn't – that's yeah. not the way – what? That, that been, means I didn't lose my semifinal game my senior year of high school. That would be in the championship. That would have been. Like, it would have been like putting Winnicott in the playoffs last year because I thought they'd have a good run, right? Even though they didn't qualify, right? You know what I mean? That, yep. That's exa- that's what it would have been like. Well, Winnicott got in, they would have a good run, so they're going to replace uh, Bishop Gurdon or whoever. I, I can't remember who made the playoffs last year, but uh, that, that that's a, another for instance. It it drives me nuts, and the power pole ends up doing this all the time. And, and it's it just happens to be this time we have to call out our own boys on it. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what else to say. And I'm going to be I, I when you're in Pittsburgh, you're off the grid. And then there are people <laughs> not Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, by the way. <laughs> no, no, Pittsburgh, New Hampshire, <laughs> Tall Timber Lodge, and my whole family goes up. And I'm telling you, like you you go down those roads and you take the wrong, you take a left when you should have taken a right. You may run into a pack of people that you don't. <laughs> My dad, one time that happened to him, yep. and a guy with a gun said, you need to turn around. And he did. <laughs> yeah, he did. Or he whatever came out, it would have been a missing insurance guy up in the woods. So I'm not. I'm going to be off the grid when this happens, so I can't talk to Pete about this. But the fact that he says in his ballot, Nashua North, I just think they're better than Portsmouth, based on what? Right. What is? What are you based off? They lost to the same team, and one team, they beat in the same teams except one. Nashua, Nashua so, North beat South, and Portsmouth beat Exeter on the road. Nashua South not ranked, by the way. Not ranked in the... No, so, well, nor should they be. So, it's utterly confounding to me that my fellow voters... <laughs> your fellow voters. They're not my fellow voters. But you know what? I mean, since the voting looks like it was close, it was 31 votes to 28. 
I'm sure there were a few people like myself. Everybody else must have had them above because they must have had them. They yeah, got no points from Pete Portsmouth, no points from Joe. How is that possible? So everybody else voted for Port. So that would be five. I like it, orange. Yeah. So I do not like purple. So Portsmouth was was ranked an average of about five and a half or so or six because they got I had them at six. They got 28 points from five people. Yeah. So that's I had them at six and Exeter at seven. Yeah. So that's yeah, that's it's ridiculous. But uh, rest of the power poll, I mean, looks like Bedford's number one. No surprise there. Merrimack's number two. Nobody's got a problem with that. Wyndham all the way up to number three. Yeah, surprise people are. I, I didn't have. I, I think I have them fourth. Um, I, I'm just. I mean, I, Goffs, I, I think I had Goffstown three. Goffstown's only lost us twenty one to seven at Bedford. Right. I wouldn't say uh, Wyndham's unworthy of being third. I'm just surprised. I think the beating of the drum that. You and I and uh, NH Sports Pitch has done has finally made people say, oh, yeah, Division Two teams can be good, too. Does it mean Groveton's going to be in the preseason top 10 for basketball? Yeah, why not? Why wouldn't they be? I'll make it happen. <laughs> um, Who's voting in that, by the way? Me, you, Pete, who else? The basketball one? Yeah. I don't know. we got to figure it out. We're going to do it, though, right? Yeah, we're having a basketball power. I, I, I don't power. want to call it the power poll. We'll have Jen, Jennifer Chick. Power poll has a negative connotation for me. I want to call it something else. Let's brainstorm that. Later on, we'll, we, ours will be based off uh, results and well, statistics. Well, is Pete voting? Because maybe yeah. it won't be. Yeah, just I kidding, know. Pete. So I this, love you. No, no, we do, and you know, and Pete will defend himself. I just, I, I, if your argument, Pete's argument last year was, and and this is what he would say if he was sitting here. Besides, he'd have his hands in his face. Is he would say, <laughs> well, I thought Pinkerton was just better than them. Pankerton did play Timberland in the playoffs, and they did beat them. That's not that doesn't yeah. matter. You like, can't, yeah, you're not voting on the three weeks from now power because poll. if you're wrong, you voted. If you're incorrect, your assumption, your opinion is wrong. Yeah. you've been voting incorrectly for five weeks straight. Right. So you penalize some teams because you had a feeling. It's not. Yeah, it's not the. How, what do I think the end of the year will look like? Poll. It's yeah. the as it stands today. And I've kept Pull. Merrimack number two every week because they lost to – I had Bedford number one. I said that they were the best team in the preseason. Yeah, Merrimack's killed everybody else they played. And they – yeah, boy, they look good Friday night. And, you know, so I basically wasn't going to penalize them for losing a – you know, they were down big early, but they came back. And I wasn't going to penalize them for losing at Bedford. Just like with Goffstown, I actually thought more of Goffstown when they went over there and lost 21-7. Sure. to seven. So um, that's something we're going to figure out in the next few weeks. All right. And on the podcast uh, this week, Dave's got a very special guest. He's going to join us here in the uh, the podcast studio. Darren Nicoli from uh, National Football Training. We're excited to have him on board. You probably saw last week uh, Justin Grassini and Joe Eichmann from Merrimack were the initial winners of our quarterback and receiver week. So that's a weekly award we're going to be doing. But Darren's been working with, uh, has worked from at, with athletes from everywhere, from California, Texas, Florida, all over the country, uh, has come back to New Hampshire. Um, so we're excited to have him on board. And I think this is something, there are a lot of kids out there that want to play at the next level. Sure. And, yeah. uh, you know, in New Hampshire, you know, is, is known as, it's hard to get seen in New Hampshire for the major schools. UNH, of course, is here. It's a very good program. But if you're talking ACC programs, Big yeah. Ten, so forth and so on. So happy to have Darren here and, um, and Darren, just tell a little bit about your program and some of your philosophies, because uh, I think a lot of kids are, are, and parents want to, this is something I think they'd be very interested in getting involved with. All right, sure. Um, when I was here in, in New Hampshire, um, two years ago, I moved to Ohio and I started training out there. But while I was here, I was doing strength and speed specific to football, specific to the position. Um, when I moved out to Ohio, I started doing a lot more just individual skills training, I work with all different positions, but especially now working mainly with quarterbacks and receivers uh, working on the passing game because that's where I see the biggest need 
And also for athletes, everyone knows that as a quarterback, you need to get a lot more training. Even though all the positions do, quarterbacks really seem to know that they need the training. So what, what, what do you mean specifically by uh, what, what specific skills training would you offer a quarterback? Well, let's say, let's say I'm the quarterback at uh, Spalding, which would never happen because I was in drama club. But let's say I was. <laughs> uh, and, and let's say I was a lot taller and in better shape. Uh, what, I go to you. What am I looking to get better with specifically? Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of times what quarterbacks think is they just need to go to the field and throw mm-hmm. and go out with their receivers and just throw the ball around, and that's going to work. Do like the root um, tree or whatever. But yeah, but what, more what we really work on, are, it's the little differences. I always tell, the, tell all my athletes, the little differences add up to make a big difference, the little mm-hmm. details. And we work on footwork, pocket movement, pocket escape. I really work on mechanics. We actually use an app that we break down the mechanics, and you can draw angles and lines and you know, go frame by frame to show them you know, what they're doing right, what they're doing wrong. But the, the biggest thing I, where I differ is when I explain all of this to them, I get them to understand what, how everything works. Sure. So that the end result is the ball flight, and if it does something that they don't want it to do, they can then know, okay, this is what I must have done to cause that to happen. So I break down the proper grip, yep. um, you know, lower body movement before upper body movement, the angle of the elbow, how it leads into the alley, if you want to call it that, or the hallway, mm-hmm. and then everything into reading defenses, which, as we were talking about a minute ago, that's the biggest thing that I find that kids don't know is how to read a defense. If I ask 100 quarterbacks if they can read a defense, 100 are going to say yes. Mm-hmm. But then when I start asking the different, you know, what is – a cover zero or cover one or cover three and you know what are you looking for that's where they don't know so i do a lot of classroom as well right it's a lot more than uh, just playing mad on xbox i guess yes much different <laughs> i knew you were gonna go there how do you how do you teach that how do you teach a kid to read defense do you mm-hmm. watch do, is it like simulators or, or how, do, how do you do that no well first i just go into chalkboard or dry erase board now obviously um but just to show them okay here's you know how they line up and here's what to look for. Um, I, I did a, a quick video. If you go to my YouTube, you'll see it. But it goes over the steps of when you break the huddle, what do you do? And how do you know? If you're looking at the middle of the field, open or closed, which a lot of people say, where are the safeties? But open or closed, that means is there someone in the middle or not? And then from there, you look at the cornerback's depth and alignment. And right from there, you can pretty much tell what the defense is. From that, then we talk about, okay, if they're in this defense, what are they trying to do to you? Because it's great to know that they're in a cover zero, but why are they in a cover zero? They're coming after you, to give you the answer to that one. Um, And then you need to know where are they coming from. So now you're prepared a little bit more, and you're not dropping back and looking at the line, panicking, like, where's, oh, I'm getting pressured. Because you already know it's coming, and you know it's coming from your left side, let's say. Then you also know what their weaknesses are. So you know, you, know, you know where to attack. So if you step up there and you say, okay, they're in a cover zero. I know they're coming from my left. The weakness is deep or breaking away from a defender. So now you got to look at, all right, which patterns do I have my receivers running? So you already know the first person you should be looking at. And by the time you hit your back step, let's say if you're dropping back, you already know if you're going to go there or not because now I teach them how to read the defense, what's their leverage. Um, it's called cushion and collision which mm-hmm. there's a lot to get into, but I break it all the way down to that. 
So, that, I mean, this is a lot for Dave and I to handle. And granted, we're not very smart. But uh, no, Dave's shaking his head. But how, how do you how do you find that uh, high school kids uh, are, are able to kind of process all this? I mean, obviously, you got to be, you know, we, we've seen watching Tom Brady for 15 years and, you know, watching guys like Peyton Manning. Right. Though, though, you know, the best guys in the pro level are able to, to diagnose the play. The battle's won before the ball snapped in most cases, which right. sounds like what you're talking about. Oh, exactly. How do you find that high school kids are able to kind of process all this, uh, you know, when, when, you're, when you're giving it to them? A, a lot better than you would think. Really? Um, the way I explain it to all the guys, too, is when you first walk into, let's say, calculus class. I, you, I never walked look, into calculus <laughs> class. <laughs> if, well, let's, no, go, no. let's go geometry. Um, if you open up the textbook before yeah. you start class, yeah. you're completely lost at what you're looking at. Sure. But as the course goes on, it makes sense to you. Same with all of the stuff that I teach because we start from the bottom and work our way up. And I'll use the Timberland quarterback as an example, Dan Hayes. I've been working with him since fifth grade. Yep. In sixth grade, I would put him up against any high school person, and I did, against really? high school quarterbacks on the chalkboard, and he could break down the defenses just as well or better than most of the high school guys. Hmm. And it's only because I taught, you know, he was learning it. Right. So, you know, you, you don't know what you don't know. Sure. So if, if you weren't taught it, it seems like you know, you're looking out and you have no idea what you're looking at. Once you, uh, I break it down and we go over it, it makes sense. And, you, and they pick it up quickly, believe it or not. Right. I think one of the things Dave uh, mentioned earlier is uh, it's, it's just that well, there's not – I mean, I think there's, what, two uh, FCS – what is it? I, I still call it 1A, 1AA because yeah, I'm old school. Yeah, 1AA is the FCS. Yeah, right. Okay, so there's two FBS teams in New England. There's right. UConn and there's Boston College. So Correct. There's not a lot of big-time programs around to come look at kids in New Hampshire specifically. Right. So what sort of things uh, can kids do to you know get a look? Mm-hmm. Um, there's, a, there's a couple of different things. The one is camps. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you have to travel outside of to go to camps if you want to be seen by other schools. Now, I know we got the UNH camp, which is a fantastic camp, uh, and the Boston College camp. Those seem to be the two biggest that all the athletes go to. Sure. But you're only going to be seen, you know, when you go to one of the camps, there's 400 other kids there. Yep. If you walk on the field, you're 6'5", you're 280 pounds, you can run a 4'8", then yes, you're going to stand out <laughs> and you're going to be seen. But other than that, you might get lost. Um, so you, you need to have the coaches know that you're coming. And I'll get into that in a quick, in a, real quick in a second. Yep. Um, the other is you, you need to travel outside of. I know there are some great schools around here. Yep. But New Hampshire athletes, even Massachusetts, for the whole New England, they really don't have the exposure to all of the other schools. Like I said, I was in Ohio for two years, the last two years before moving back. Ohio, just that state alone, has 10 Division One schools. Right. So they're over-recruited. When I went down to Ohio, I had some athletes I got, had D1 offers. I had some I trained that got D1 offers. And I to- I'm very blunt. Yep. And I told them right up front, I have athletes in New Hampshire that would blow your doors off. <laughs> but they don't have offers. Right. Um, see if this name sounds for me to you guys. Hayden Sturdivant was playing for Pinkerton. Mm-hmm. He then transferred. Now he's playing for Salisbury School in Connecticut. Okay. Um, I worked with him for a while. His parents are great. We talk often. They contacted me this off season and said, you know, can you give us some contacts? We want to start getting his name out there. Now he's a junior. Now he's a senior. You're behind the eight ball already. But the person I'm going to tell you about in a second, I sent his videos of Hayden working with me, doing the combine, and then also his highlight video 
to this guy, Keith Smiley, from Next Gen Recruiting, uh, Scouting and Recruiting. Okay. He sent back to immediately saying, where has this kid been? Right. He is a power conference offensive lineman. Yeah. But he hasn't been seen by anybody. Right, yeah. Because he hasn't been out there. He hasn't had, got the exposure. But yeah. Because well, what, what a lot of people think, and it's unfortunate, is they say, well, if I'm good enough, the coach will find me. Yeah, not, not always That's the case. not going to happen. Um, I ran the averages, and I show the guys. It was from 2012, but the, the percentages stay the same. And at that time, it shows high school senior football players, there were 300,000 across the country. Freshman roster spots for football, yeah. all divisions, 19,000. Right. So that shows how difficult it is even just to get to any school. Sure. Never mind if you want to go to a bigger school. Mm-hmm. Um, it's The recruiting process is more competitive than the game itself. Absolutely. So to get the exposure, like one of the things I was getting into and I'm, I become part of um, is next-gen next gen recruiting and scouting, or scouting and recruiting is how he has it on his site. Um, it's a this guy, Keith Smiley. He's out of Illinois, and he found my stuff online, and then he came to see me when I was in Ohio. We talked for hours, and then I you know, became partners with him as far as I was a national director of training performance. And now that I'm in, back in New Hampshire, now I'm the New England representative for the recruiting Sure, um, to help get these guys more exposure that they need. He's a certified national scout. So all the big colleges call him to go to camps to evaluate kids for him. When he calls coaches and sends kids to coaches, they listen. It's like the old E.F. Hutton commercial. When he talks, they listen. Nice. Um, So I have some of my guys in Ohio, and I post it all the time on my Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, um, which is at Coach underscore NFT. Okay. Plug out there. Um, But you'll see all the different things I post. And some of the guys in Ohio that I trained, they all went to different camps, and they were on the short list because he put them there. Mm -hmm. And even now, they're all going on game day visits. So every Saturday, they all, they play on Friday out there. Every Saturday, they're on the sidelines on, at college games and getting more and more and more exposure. Right. And I'm starting to put that together for these guys here. We have what's called the bus tour. And in different parts of the country, we're setting up different, you know, four D1 schools we're going to. What we're looking at doing for around here is Boston College. We'll have UNH, whether, you know, 1AA, yep. but we'll have Boston College. Hopefully, we'll get working on Rutgers, UConn, and Temple. By the way, I forgot UMass. I forgot they went to one. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Their record kind of shows that maybe they shouldn't. It's, so, it's, <laughs> so it's just getting the kids out there and getting people to see them. Mm-hmm. Because hate hate to say it this way or break the bad news, no one's coming up here to look. Right. Well, I mean, that's uh, it's been the case for a while. That was the case with baseball for a while, too, till kids started going other places and playing in showcases. Which right. is exactly. You know, now now uh, New Hampshire's kind of a baseball not hotbed yet, but more of a lukewarm bed than it was, certainly. But, right. uh, but yeah. I- no, so we're going to have information, and what we'll do is is right here uh, with the podcast is have a link right to your website, of course, and uh, we're actually going to be giving out sweatshirts to the winners of the quarterback and the wide receiver of the week. Yes, I put a couple of sweatshirts together. Do I have together. to give Justin yeah, Grissini cool. two sweatshirts if he wins twice yeah, in a row? If he gets Get it twice, 468 I'll, yeah, yards. I'll send him two. Make it reversible. Yeah, I'm no kidding. He's going to be <laughs> excited about that. He doesn't even know. I just saw him on Friday night, but no, we're really excited. We're going to have... Um, uh, we're going to have information um, with Coach Nicole all season long and then uh, a way for kids to, to uh, reach out 
uh, to Coach Nicoli right through our website or directly to him or to me, and I, I can direct them too. But I think for kids, you know, we, we cover these kids for the enjoyment of it, but we do love to see the kids who can make it to the next level. And, uh, and this is a great way. If there's an opportunity for them to get better and then get the skills necessary to play at that next level yep. and to get the exposure that you were talking about, sure. that's huge. So that's why uh, when you reached out to me and we were in contact, I was really excited about that. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great opportunity for these kids. Yep, I agree. Yeah. And uh, one of the things, I have a couple things upcoming. Um, off-season training, obviously, with the quarterbacks, and I did it this past year. Once I came back to New Hampshire, um, and on Sundays we're down the field and we're working on footwork, pocket escape, um, how to read defenses, etc. you know, throwing the ball, arm slots, all that stuff. Um, but I'll be doing some in-season ones, like this Sunday. I'm just trying to figure out where, but I'll probably be doing one this Sunday. After I go to, um, I know New Hampshire used to have an indoor arena team. I think it was the Manchester Wolves. Yeah, for like a season or two, I think. Okay. Yeah, they played at the Verizon. Um, a new league is starting up. It's called the Can-Am Indoor League, Canadian-American. Mm-hmm. And New Hampshire starting another pro team. Um, they're having a tryouts this Saturday or this Sunday in Nashua. They're going to be playing out of Manchester. Patrick Pass used to play for the Patriots, three Super Bowl rings. Uh, I got to throw that in there. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm in New England. I have to say that anymore. When I was in Ohio, we know. When I was in Ohio, I had to brag all the time about the Super Bowls. Um, but he's the director of uh, player personnel, so he contacted me, and I'm going up there this weekend. And I'm going to be running the combine for them, but then also working with the quarterbacks and receivers there as well. So then after that, I'll be running a, uh, a session. So I'll put it out there to everyone once I know exactly where I'm going to have it. Yeah, we'll have that right on the site, and uh, make sure we link that. And, Great. Uh, yeah, it should be very exciting. So, uh, what, what other, uh, what, what else did you want to talk about today, Coach Nicoli? While you've, uh, you've got us uh, in the podcast studio, we don't let a whole lot of people in here. Right? There's a secret door you had to put in the combination. There was an armed guard yeah, outside. I, I got the handshake wrong. That's well, you know, nobody's perfect. <laughs> Um, well, a couple. I'll just go with the, some of the things that I do at training. Um, sure. In addition to the quarterbacks, like I said, I worked with all positions, and I did strength and speed, but. I'm not sure if I'm going to get another facility now that I'm back up here. I might just do quarterback training on the weekends and, you know, just do it down at a field. Yep. Um, But also combine technique training. Okay. So when you do go to a camp, you can stand out. And I brought it here with me. As you see, it's 31 pages because it's really detailed step by step how you can improve without doing any additional training. Obviously, you need that. But there are specific steps how many steps, what angles you take when you do the different combine tests that'll help you knock it out of the water, uh, knock it out of the park, however you say that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've had Patrick Pass went through it, Deuce Mills, who played for the Redskins, um, Anthony Floyd played for the Colts when I was down in Ohio. He went through it as well, and they, you know, it's as detailed as what they went through. So to really help the guys. Um, the recruiting, I've already talked about, and... There was one other thing, but I went blank. <laughs> Sorry. Well, how do we find uh, information? We're going we're to link all this, yeah. obviously, but uh, tell people where to go to, uh, to find out more information on how they can uh, hook up with you and uh, start the process. Uh, well, as David said, the company's National Football Training, so yep. I made it easy. The website is nationalfootballtraining.com. I, I can remember that. Um, Facebook page, National Football Training. Yep. Twitter, Instagram is coach underscore NFT for national football training. Mm-hmm. So you can get all the information there. You can contact me, you know, anyway from any of those sources. All right. Well, it sounds like it's going to be a great partnership with uh, nhsportspage.com. Uh, and uh, Coach Nicole, we're glad to have you here. And uh, just make sure you tip the guard on your way out of the broadcast <laughs> <Okay>. studio. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll make sure to do it. All right.